Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Hey everybody, this is Praying Medic. Welcome to today's show. Today's message is a continuation of my series, Supernatural Saturday. I'm going to be giving a message on healing in the workplace, which is taken from the 15th chapter of my book, Divine Healing Made Simple. I hope the weather is good where you are right now. Weather is pretty darn nice today. It is sunny, probably going to be about 75 degrees. I think we're getting on the better side of winter now. All right, so I have some good news. I want to share with you. Uh, Denise and I just got done testing the live streaming platform that we're going to be purchasing. They give you a free de- demonstration of it. You can test it out. We did some live stream testing. Uh, when you do the testing, you can, you're the only one that can see it. You can't actually broadcast so that live and a live audience can see it. But we did a test, couple of tests. I embedded it on my website. We embedded the chat feature. It does really good quality video streaming, good quality audio. It's hard to measure the chat because I was broadcasting while I was trying to chat and I wasn't logged in as a user, I don't think so. It looks pretty darn good. We did our free trial of it and we're going to uh, we're going to sign up for the paid version of it. Uh, I just wanted to pass that along. Thank you for all those who have contributed to us financially. We have big dreams and your contributions are giving us the ability to make those dreams come true. So we do appreciate your financial support. The first 10 verses of Luke chapter 5 describe what happened to Peter, the apostle, when he allowed his workplace to be a platform for the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee and there was sort of a natural coliseum near the shore. Thousands of people had gathered to hear Jesus teach. And Jesus said, Peter, let's get in the boat and let's put out a little ways from the shore. So they did. Jesus got in the boat, he stood in the bow, and Peter moved the boat out away from shore just a little bit. So there's a natural amphitheater and Jesus starts teaching. So he teaches the audience from Peter's boat. What did Peter do for a living? He was a fisherman. Peter, James, and John had a fishing business. That was their business. That was their workplace, right? They allowed Jesus to use their boat to preach from. Now watch what happens. So the Lord taught from Peter's boat. After uh, telling Jesus that he had been fishing all night and had not caught anything, Jesus told him, put out farther and drop your nets. Now Peter's a fisherman and Jesus is a rabbi. And Peter's thinking, what do you know about fishing? You're a rabbi. You don't know anything about fishing. We've been fishing all night. We're not going to catch anything. Jesus said, drop your nets. He was astounded when the catch was so great that it began to sink the boat, requiring help from the others to bring it in. God blessed Peter, James, and John with an immediate increase in their business when they allowed their occupation to be used by him for their ministry. In the same way that Jesus blessed the fishermen, God wants to bless us when we're willing to be used by him where we work. God is interested in 
revealing himself to the world through us in the workplace. And I have seen thousands of people healed uh, in the last eight or nine years. Many of them healed in the workplace. Um, I've prayed for thousands of people in the ambulance, patients that have transported. I've prayed for doctors and nurses and respiratory therapists and coworkers. I've seen a lot of people healed. I'm going to give you a couple of testimonies. I was doing uh, some training a few years ago. We were training new EMTs and we were doing a training ride. And part of the way through the day, uh, our EMT trainee was running around the ambulance, wasn't paying attention, and smashed his knee into this big steel bumper of the ambulance. And he was limping around the rest of the day. Uh, Had a lot of pain and some swelling in his knee. And at the end of the day, we had some time, some downtime between calls. We're hanging out talking. And I started telling them about the people that I'd seen healed in the ambulance. And so this EMT is listening to me tell all these stories about people getting healed. And he said, hey, man, what about me? Can I get healed? My knee is like, is, my knee is killing me, man. <laughs> he saw me hit that am- bumper. And I was like, yeah, okay, so we'll get you healed. So he sat on the bench seat next to me. I put my hand on his knee. And as I had taught in my previous messages, I released power. I just put my hand there and I believed that power, the power of God was going to flow through me, out of me, and into his knee. So I put my hand there over his knee about an inch or two away. Jesus' disciples were not teachers or rabbis or politicians or experts in anything. They were just ordinary people. And you do not have to go to ministry school or Bible college in order to work miracles and get people healed. Anyone can do it. Anyone. So I put my hand with his knee Power came out. He could feel the heat coming out of him. Uh, it's not heat. It's power, energy. He could feel heat in his knee. Commanded the ligaments and the nerves, tendons, bones, muscles healed. I commanded the meniscus to be healed. And a couple of minutes later, he gets up and he goes, wow. He goes, that is crazy. He jumps out the back of the ambulance and starts running around the parking lot. Comes back to the ambulance and says, man, what did you do? He goes, I'm not kidding. My knee is completely healed. No more pain, no more swelling, completely gone. I had a similar experience a few years earlier with a gal who worked at our ambulance service. She wasn't an EMT. She was a detail technician. She cleaned the ambulances. I was working early one morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. I came on duty. She was there. I saw her limping and kind of hobbling around. And I asked her, I said, what's wrong with your, with your leg? And she says, oh, I have this injury. It's, just been, it's been painful for a long time. And I said, would you like to be healed? And she asked, you know, what do you mean by, would you like to be healed? And I said, well, I pray for people and God heals them. So she said, what do I have to do? And I said, just have a seat and I'll explain it to you. So she sat down and I said, just can you roll up your pant leg so I can look at the knee? She rolled up her pant leg and I could see her knee was really swollen. Compared to the other one, it was was very swollen and it was tender. And I said, okay, well... Um, I'm just going to pray over your knee. And she says, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm just going to pray over your knee. She says, you're not going to hit me, are you? And she was very fearful. I was gonna, I said, no, I'm just going to put my hand near your knee. And she, she again said, are you going to hit me? I didn't understand why she was so fearful that I was going to hit her. So I did the same thing. I prayed over her knee and nothing happened. I did it again. Nothing happened. I did it a third time. Nothing happened. Uh, I, I left. I went 
you know, got loaded up my ambulance. A couple of months later, she she saw me and she said, hey, why wasn't my knee healed? And I said, I don't know. Let's talk about it. I, I'd like to know why your knee wasn't healed. And so we started talking and I said, why were you afraid that I was going to hit you? And she said, well, my dad did the same thing you did. He said he was going to get my knee healed. And when I rolled up my pant leg, he hit me on my knee as hard as he could. She was afraid I was going to do the same thing. She had fear that I was going to hurt her. And I said, look, I'm not going to hurt you. I was, I had no intention of hurting you. All I wanted was to get you healed. And you can still be healed. The offer is still good. If you want me to, to pray for you to get you healed, you can be healed. But you're, you're afraid of what's going to happen. And if you're fearful, the enemy is going to use that. You're not going to get healed. So she said, yeah, I want to be healed. And I said, are you afraid of me? She says, no. <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's get, you, let's get you healed. So she rolled up her pant leg again. And I looked at her knee and it was swollen. And it was, she said, it's, there's a, it's a lot of pain right now. So I did the same thing. I put my hand above her knee. I released power. I commanded the ligaments, nerves, tendons, muscle, bone, cartilage to be healed. I commanded spirits of pain to leave. Released the power. I asked God to bring his presence upon her. And her pain went from about a 7 down to about a 5 out of 10. And I said, how's it feel? She said, it feels better. I prayed again. I commanded the ligaments and nerves, tendons, muscle, bone be healed. Released more power. And I said, how's it feel now? She said, it's about a three. Feels better. And I said, let's keep going. So I did it again a, a third time. And I may have done it a fourth time. By the time we were done, she got up. She flexed her knee, walked around, bent, squatted down. No pain at all. She was completely healed. I ran into her about six weeks later at the station. And I said, hey, how's your knee doing? She said, feels great. No, nothing. It, it's, it's wonderful. And I said, are you, are you lying? Or are, you, are you serious? She goes, no, I'm serious. It feels great. She hasn't had any pain since then. So this is how I have seen coworkers heal. I'll tell you one more testimony. I was working one day with an EMT and she actually was a PhD. I forget what subject she was in her specialty, but she had a PhD. She did research and she was working, doing research and she lost her, her research grant and didn't have a way to make her make ends meet. So she went to EMT class, became an EMT and she was working for us and she had only been working for us for a couple of months. So we're between calls. We're just talking, hanging out. And, you know, she asked me what kind of stuff I do on my days off, what I'm interested in. And I told her, well, I'm really interested in the supernatural and I see a lot of people healed. And she said, what do you mean healed? And I said, well, I pray for people who have all kinds of problems and God heals them. And she said, so what kind of healing do you do? And I, I, we talked and I said, well, I'm a Christian and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives inside of me. And Jesus gave us power and authority to heal the sick. And I released that power and I use that authority and people get healed. She says, like, what kind of stuff do you get healed, people healed of? And I said, you know, vision problems, neck pain, back pain, kidney problems, cancer, whatever. She goes, could you get my eyes healed? And she's wearing glasses. So I said, how, how bad is your vision? And she said, it's pretty bad. I said, take your glasses off. And we were sitting in the ambulance and I had her take her glasses off and see if she could read a sign 
that was about 50 feet away from us in the parking lot. She couldn't read it. It was all blurry. And I said, okay, so watch this. So I put my hand above her eyes, right up here, just put my hand there, and I released power by faith. That's how we release power. The power of God lives inside of us. Holy Spirit lives inside of us. By faith, we open up like something like a valve, and the power of God flows out of us into them. So I put my hand right by her eyes, and I just believed that she was going to receive normal vision. She said, wow, that's crazy. My, my eyelids are burning. <laughs> she said, my eyelids feel really warm right down here. She could feel the power of God flowing out of me into her. So I said, okay, just hang on a second. Let's keep doing this. So I continued just release. I said, I command your eyes to be healed. I command the lenses to be healed, the corneas to be healed. I command your eye to have normal shape. Uh, spirit of blindness, I command you to go. A couple minutes later, she takes off her glasses. She looks at the sign in the parking lot and goes, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I can read that sign perfectly now. I don't even need my glasses anymore. Her eyes were healed like that. This is how I have seen many, many coworkers healed of everything you can think of. Uh, migraine headaches, vision problems, back pain, broken ankles, you name it. There is nothing that God will not heal. And this is all happening for me in the workplace. A lot of people want to share the truth and the reality of God with people that they work with. But in the workplace, generally speaking, you know, witnessing to people at work or telling people about Jesus or getting, you know, trying to proselytize people to your belief system is kind of frowned upon in the workplace. People don't usually like it all that much. However, I have found that rather than witnessing to people about Jesus, I just ask people if they want to be healed. Or we talk about dreams. Uh, although I have found that healing is a great way to open up a door of conversation about God. You get somebody healed at work. And it's completely different from sitting there and bashing them with the Bible for 10 minutes. When I see people healed at work, they want to know, how did you do it? Who is this Jesus? What's the Holy Spirit? Tell me about this power. Can I do this? Is this something you could teach me how to do? When you get somebody healed at work, it pretty much gives you the microphone and you can talk and they're going to ask you questions. And and you get a couple, three, four, five people healed at work. Word is going to get around and people are going to come to you and they're going to ask you, okay, I heard from Matt and Sue, and Cheryl, and Jim, they all said that you got them healed. I need healing for something. Can you pray for me? So people are going to come to you for healing. They're going to come to you for prayer when word gets around. And all it takes is a couple of testimonies from a few coworkers who've been healed, and people will start coming to you for healing. It's happened to me. I've had people message me, text me, and get a hold of me at work because they knew that I had gotten other people healed. There is a great value to bringing healing to the workplace. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about the legalities of that. If you live in the United States, you are covered by the Constitution. The Constitution guarantees us the right to freely practice our faith, regardless of what your faith is. Um, the Constitution gives Muslims 
the right to practice their faith at home and at work, which is why many Muslims pray in the workplace. And that's why it's why some employers have more or less been forced to allow Muslims time of prayer during work because that's part of their faith. And employers don't have a right to impinge on or restrict the freedom of your expression of your faith. Now, I'm not going to get into Sharia law. We're not talking about Sharia law here. But the same freedom that Muslims have to practice their faith on duty and off duty, Christians and Jews, Buddhists and anybody else, we have the same right to practice our faith. You do not check your freedoms at the workplace door when you go to work. You do not surrender your freedoms, your constitutional liberty. Now, some people believe that the freedom of expression of your faith stops at the at the workplace door, but it actually doesn't. I, I've done a fair amount of research, and it is, it's really against the law for employers to make rules and restrictions that prevent you from expressing your faith at work. Now, now if you live in the UK or anywhere in Europe, there are restrictions on discussions of religion in the workplace, and you can be fired if you talk about your faith in the workplace or if you pray for people in the workplace. I've read articles of nurses who have been fired in the UK because they offered to pray for people at work. The protection in in the workplace for practicing your faith in the United States is different from it is in the rest of the world. We have much more freedom. Now, if you live in the States, I, I will give you a couple of caveats Just because the Constitution protects your right to the free expression of your faith, it doesn't mean your employer is going to follow the law. If you get caught praying for somebody at work, you could be fired. It doesn't mean that, that, that your employer did what is legally allowable. People get fired all the time in violation of the law. That is what... Jay Sekulow and the uh, American Center for Law and Justice, the ACLJ, they have made their reputation off of defending people who have been wrongfully terminated or harassed for expressing their faith in the workplace and in schools and places like that. So if you were to get fired from your job because you were expressing your faith, you could probably contact the attorneys at ACLJ. They could probably take up your case, go to court and get your job restored. And I would say this, I never advocate people having a militant attitude in the workplace about their faith. It doesn't help to be militant about expressing your faith and your beliefs at work. It's always better to be a person of peace. You know, if your your employer has questions about why you feel like you need to pray for your patients or your coworkers or customers, whatever, need to have a conversation with your supervisor and sit down and say, look, I don't want to, number one, you don't want to decrease productivity because your employer hires you for a reason. They're hiring you to do work, to get a job done. If the practice of your faith interferes with your productivity, that's a problem. If If you're hired to work on an assembly line and all you do all day long is tell people about God and witness about Jesus and you don't do any work, you're going to get fired. Not because you're being harassed or persecuted. You're going to get fired because you're not doing your job. 
All right. If you're going to express your faith in the workplace, you should be the best worker there. Everyone else should be trying to keep up with you. You should be really efficient and you should be doing a really good job. That is a great testimony as a believer to other people. You do a a really good job. Be a good worker first. Then tell people about Jesus. So you don't want to cause problems with your employer. You don't want to offend, anger, and turn off customers. If you are offending customers and customers are leaving because they they find you obnoxious, that's a problem. You can be fired because you're driving away customers or you're annoying your coworkers. If you're going to express your faith in the workplace, just realize there is a right way and there is a wrong way to do it. And and just be smart about it. And I I'm I'm going to sh- I'm going to share you my testimony. I was on a call one night. Uh this was up in Tacoma a few years ago. And this is where I found out what I can and cannot do in the workplace. I brought in a patient into the emergency department one night. He was uh suicidal. He tried to kill himself. We took him into the emergency department. We got him checked in. While I was waiting for the nurse to come and take report, I was just standing next to the patient. And I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, that would be great. I would love that. So I just said a quick, like a two-minute prayer for this guy who was suicidal. Well, one of the nosy nurses in the ER heard me ask this guy if I could pray for him. She picked up the phone and called my manager and complained. So the next day, I get called into my manager's office. And he says, so I got this complaint from the hospital, from the emergency department. There's this nurse that says you were trying to proselytize one of your patients. And I need to know what's going on. So Scott and I had a little talk. And I, you know, I just said, look, I wasn't trying to proselytize this guy. He was suicidal. And I just asked if I could pray for him. That was it. It was a little two-minute prayer. And he, I asked him if I could pray for him. And he said, yes, that would be great. So I said, I wasn't trying to proselytize him. I don't know what this nurse is talking about. So we had, we had a very long discussion, Scott and I did. And he said, look, he goes, I believe you. I, I believe the nurse is probably exaggerating what actually happened. Um, I've known you for a while. You don't seem like the kind of guy that's out there trying to proselytize people. But I would like you to explain to me what your practice of your faith looks like in the ambulance. So I explained to him, I said, look, years ago, God asked me to pray for my patients. And he said, if I did, he'd heal them. And I have prayed for a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people healed. And I feel like I need to be obedient to what God has asked me to do. Number one, I always ask permission from people before I pray for them. If they say no, end of discussion. I don't bring it up again. I just do good patient care and that's all there is to it. I say, thank you, you know, let's get you to the hospital. Number one, I always ask. Number two, I always respect the will or the right of the patient to say no. Number three, I never let it interfere interfere with my work. I always do a proper assessment. I always chart correctly. I always turn over patient care to the other facility. I, I keep the ambulance clean. I follow my protocols. I, I do everything by the book. And I don't let prayer interfere with my work. 
If I have a patient and I'm just busy starting IVs, giving drugs, charting, I don't even consider having to pray for them. I just do what I have to do. There are just some calls where I can't, I don't have enough time to interact with the patient about prayer. Patient care always comes first. I said, I try to keep it confined to the back of the ambulance. Sometimes it spills over into the nursing homes and and, uh, hospitals. And Scott said, you know, he goes, look, he said, I've, I've talked to all of our managers. I've talked, I looked at all the policies. There are no policies or procedures that forbid you from praying with your patients. So I can't tell you not to pray for your patients. I, I don't have any legal standing to do that. And he said, however, we do have customers. We have patient customers and we have hospital customers. We have contracts with. We have to keep the customers happy. So if you can promise that you will ask permission, always respect the wishes of the patients, and try to keep it confined to the back of the ambulance, I don't have a problem with it. You know, we, we don't want it spilling over too much into the hospitals because those the people in the hospitals may or may not understand what you're doing and what your calling is. I understand it. I get it. If you can do it in the back of the ambulance, great. Just try to minimize, you know, how much it goes out into the public because those customers we have to also, you know, be concerned about. And I said, you know, I, I appreciate it. And I will do my best to abide by that understanding. It was kind of funny because about two weeks later, I was doing a transport of a patient who was in the ICU and they had a, um, how do I say this nicely? They were intubated on a ventilator and they were sedated and they went in and they did a procedure and they screwed up the procedure and the patient was bleeding into their lungs. It ruptured a blood vessel and they were bleeding into their lungs. We were transporting that patient to another hospital to have surgery done because the type of surgery they needed was above the scope of practice of the facility that sent the patient. So we had a couple of nurses going with us and we were flying like crazy. We get on the road, we're going with this patient and the patient who was sedated becomes conscious during the transport. We go rolling into the into the hospital and the patient's eyes are open and they're freaking out. We roll the patient into the elevator with, with two nurses. I've got a couple of security guards with me. We're going to the operating room. And the patient's eyes are open and the patient is, I can tell, is freaking out. And I told, I asked the patient, I said, do you want me to pray for you? And the patient nodded their head. So I just, you know, took some time, said a prayer, commanded the bleeding to stop. And I'm kind of looking around at the nurses and the nurses had their heads bowed and they're like, you know, moment of silence for the, for the patient where I'm praying and everybody was cool with it. But it was one of those situations where I felt like I needed to pray and I felt like it's going to be a little risky because we're not in the ambulance, we're in the elevator, but it was just a situation where I needed to do what I needed to do. So as soon as I got done with that call, I went back to my station, I got a hold of my manager and I said, hey, Scott, yeah, so about keeping that stuff inside the ambulance. You know, sometimes it's not possible to do that. Um, I did have to pray with a patient in the elevator with some nurses around me. And I just want to let you know I did it. And it's not because I was just trying to be, you know, rebellious or anything. Scott laughed about it. He thought it was pretty funny. He's like, don't worry about it. It's cool. He goes, I trust you. All of that is to say, if, if you want to see healing in the workplace, 
You can do it. It is legal. I would strongly recommend doing it in cooperation with your employer. Have a conversation with your employer. Talk about rules and restrictions. Talk, you know, set some guidelines about what is okay and what's not okay. Uh, have some expectations that are realistic. Let your employer know. That way you can head off complaints. I've always found it better to let my employer know when there's a, an event or a situation that could potentially cause a complaint. I want to go to my boss first, tell them what happened so they have my side of the story. So when they get the complaint, they already know what my side of the story is and they can address the situation with understanding of what actually happened. Uh, my friend Dwayne, I don't know if Dwayne is on here, but Dwayne works at Home Depot and Dwayne and I have been messaging each other for a couple of years. I've been teaching him about healing. He prays for people at Home Depot all the time. He sees neck pain, hand injuries, knee pain, headaches go. He's praying for people he works with. He's praying for customers. Uh, he texts, he sends me text messages all the time, people that he's prayed for that have been healed. Duane is one of those people who has gotten a hold of this thing, and he is running with it. I love nothing better than to see people take a hold of this reality that God wants to heal people, and we can do it in the workplace. We could transform our countries if we got a hold of this and started bringing the power and the love of God into the workplace. We could transform our culture if we're willing to do that. That is my message for today. Thanks for tuning in. Love you all. Take care. And I'll catch you on the next broadcast. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.